Welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest thing, Power and Power Design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Mike Salas. He's with uh, Ambique Micro. They're um, an embedded solutions company making devices that run on even lower and lower power. Isn't that right, Mike? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Alex. Well, you know, I'm glad to have you on the show because with the Internet of Things and just the downward pressure on sizes and power consumption, energy efficiency, form factors, there's a lot of pressure on the industry to really create these new next-generation devices, right? There's an immense pressure. You're absolutely right. I mean, if you, if you think about the wearable and the Internet of Things space, uh, you know, there's clearly a lot of interest in those areas, as you can imagine, with all the uh, various companies throughout the world really jumping into this space. And I think what you're really seeing now is, um, you know, a lot of the um, problems uh, starting to rear their, their ugly heads, and, and, and power is a critical one. I mean, if you can imagine, um, you know, the, the power constraints that are, are really uh, embedded in many of these applications. And, in fact, the most recent uh, announcement from Apple, uh, their iWatch product, um, really highlights this. I mean, if you think about, uh, you know, one of the uh, key things about the Apple iWatch that was correctly pointed out was, you know, what is the battery lifetime going to be on that? You know, because at the end of the day, you know, a wearable needs to be invisible, and you really don't want to have the need uh, to be able to charge that uh, device on a, on a regular basis. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, just a prime example of kind of the challenges that are, that are being faced in the industry today. Well, and that is the big challenge, because it's not really anymore, I mean, it's about power, but it's not about power. It's not how big the battery is, it's how long can you run from it. It's not the power coming out of the line, you know, yes, USB and the um, power Ethernet, they're pushing how much power you can push down that wire. But at the end of the day, it's all going to be a lot of untethered devices that have to operate forever on nothing. That's exactly right. You know, and in fact, I would recharacterize it, uh, the, the problem statement a little bit even to say, if you think about power, uh, there's, there's various ways of, 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 of thinking about this. Uh, on one hand, Clearly, the desire for much longer battery life is uh, is a critical um, thing that uh, many people are are uh, uh, desiring. So, you know, if you if you can imagine devices that last, um, you know, for hours or um, perhaps even days to date, um, consumers at the end of the day want those things to last, you know, uh, weeks, months, even years, perhaps, um, uh, in order to really make this, uh, you know, uh, this type of market really grow. Um, so, there's, there's that's one way of looking at uh, quote unquote power. Another way of looking at power is is the fact of, of the possibility of you know the if you think about many of these wearables and IoT devices, the size of the battery itself actually drives the form factor of the design. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. I, if you look at the size of the battery compared to the size of the actual PCB circuit area, the battery dominates, right? So the ability to actually uh, find a way to reduce the size of the battery. Um, in turn, provides uh, a, a designer or a company the ability to potentially uh, create much more aesthetically pleasing products um, that have much more attractive form factors that consumers will hopefully find much more appealing. You know, so again, uh, yet another twist on the battery, uh, the power problem is, you know, perhaps rather than extending simply the battery life, perhaps it's um, better to actually try to reduce the size of the battery or, or, or use fewer batteries even um, to improve the form factor. And yet a third way of looking at the power problem is, 
you know, perhaps, uh, you know, what consumers uh, are looking for um, is the uh, addition of new uh, and interesting functionality uh, and features that perhaps don't exist today. All right. And, and if you look at the constraints that currently exist um, in many of these applications, there's just no power budget um, left to add in these additional features and functions that, that consumers might find appealing. So uh, finding an ability to reduce um, the power requirements of a design such that you can perhaps in turn use up that freed up power budget to add in these very um, interesting um, uh, products and features, um, that could be yet another way of looking at the power problem. So, you know, when we go out and look at these, uh, the wearables, the IoT markets, that's what we hear over and over again is, you know, um, you know, one of those really three different ways of looking at the power problem, and, and in some cases a combination of all three is, are, are what companies are looking for. Right. Now, can you tell us a little bit about Ambique solution? Yes, Amb- Ambic Micro. Uh, what we, we've done is we've looked at this uh, power problem, and we've said to ourselves there has to be a better way. Uh, and there has mm-hmm. to be a way of reducing the power requirements of electronics um, in order to help achieve the things I just described, uh, the longer battery life, uh, the better design and form factors, uh, more functionality. And the way we've done that is uh, through a very innovative approach. Uh, we are the first company um, that has uh, commercialized a product that uses what uh, is, is considered subthreshold voltage technology. Uh, and what that means uh, in, in layman's terms is if, if you think about how a typical semiconductor device is created, uh, they uh, all drive transistors from 0 to 1.8 volts. Uh, and that's what gives them the signaling information, the, i.e. the ones and the zeros they need in order to make processing decisions. That's fairly common. That's fairly standard. That's the way the textbooks say you do it. Well, what Ambic has done is kind of turned that on its ear a little bit. Uh, we said, uh, you know, uh, there actually is a way to extract that same signaling information, the same ones and zeros, um, but rather than drive a transistor um, to 1.8 volts, um, bring that all the way down to 0.5 volts. And in doing so, uh, what we have done is uh, we now have saved a tremendous amount of power. Um, since energy is directly proportional to the square of the voltage applied, um, that basically means that by driving a much, much lower voltage, uh, we are now saving a tremendous amount of power, which means that we can create products that are uh, a substantial order of magnitude improvement over competing solutions, um, which, of course, in turn, when utilized, allows for a much more uh, uh, power-efficient design, which then can achieve some of the, uh, some of the advantages I described earlier. Got it, got it. Now, this is pretty transparent to the engineer, isn't it? It's not like they have this is a different architecture or there's something or it's a different process or it's something that's uh, exotic to them. You're using it's just a, a different approach. It's not like they have to relearn anything, do they? No, you know, you're exactly right. Yeah. So, the, so the product that uh, that was inter- recently introduced by Ambic Micro is the that's a microcontroller. It's a uh, ARM-based microcontroller. Um, it looks and feels and acts like any other microcontroller that you would buy off the shelf from any other uh, competing company. Uh, it just so happens, though, that on the inside of this microcontroller device, uh, we have applied this very innovative subthreshold technology. Uh, that, uh, you know, literally can reduce um, the power of the device um, in a very substantial way. And, in fact, 
you know, one of the other unique very characteristics about what we've done is we have managed to optimize power both in uh, uh, in active mode, um, um, i.e., when it's running, uh, and in sleep mm-hmm. mode. Um, and that's very unusual. I mean, if you, if you, if you actually look at other microcontroller uh, vendors and, and the products that they've introduced, uh, you know, they need to try to optimize one or the other. Um, they try to optimize active mode power, um, and they can do that perhaps by um, uh, getting more aggressive in the process technology that they choose to use, or they can try to optimize uh, sleep mode power, uh, uh, and they do that by leaving it in older um, process geometries, uh, which has better characteristics for sleep, um, but that comes at the expense of higher active currents. Through our subthreshold mm-hmm. technology, not only can we optimize both active and sleep mode simultaneously, we can also do so at levels that are far below um, um, any ex- uh, competing solution that's on the market today. So the end result, industry-leading active mode numbers that are you know, up to 10x better than competing solutions, uh, sleep mode numbers that are um, at times up to 30x better um, than competing solutions. Um, and, uh, and again, this uh, is, is a standard microcontroller that, again, would look and feel like any other micro that you would buy on the market. Um, it just so happens to be an insanely low-power solution. Got it. Now, I always ask this. Um, what support do you offer? What kind of development kits? What kind of reference designs? What kind of uh, field support? What are you doing to help the engineer incorporate your solution into theirs? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, when uh, when we look at the types of markets that we talked about earlier, the wearables, the IoT markets, uh, you know, we anticipated um, a great deal about the needs of those markets. Um, so, uh, if, if you were to tear open those devices, what you would see um, is uh, a microcontroller. Uh, you would see a radio, um, you know, in some cases a Bluetooth radio, in other cases Wi-Fi and other radios. Uh, and you would see a set of sensors. Um, and, uh, and, and that really is what forms the heart of these wearable and IoT systems. So what we've done in turn is to create an evaluation platform that, in essence, exactly marries uh, that model. Uh, we have a evaluation kit that has a microcontroller baseboard um, that has our Apollo microcontroller device on it. We've also created a radio board that plugs into the main board um, that allows you to achieve radio connectivity. Um, and we've also created a sensor board um, that has a set of sensors um, on it that also um, you can um, latch on to this uh, platform in a very modular way mm-hmm. that now allows you to um, collect sensor information and now what, in essence, you've created through this evaluation um, kit is a, is a complete subsystem. Uh, you have an ability to uh, sense information. You have an ability to process information using that microcontroller. You have an ability to communicate that information out using a radio. Um, and we do that all with this standard hardware development kit that we've created. Um, and uh, on top of that, it uh, comes with a development environment, a software development environment um, that allows uh, the uh, device uh, to be um, programmed, debugged, uh, and uh, you know, using uh, industry standard tooling frameworks uh, that are going to be very familiar with the designers. Um, you know, so these are the kind of uh, uh, tools that uh, you know we'll we'll, we'll be uh, announcing to the market here shortly. Uh, and uh, and of course, we also have samples. As uh, we've made a recent announcement of the, the device, we have uh, samples of the device um, that are available as well. So. 
uh, we have a fairly complete package uh, that uh, is going to be available, and uh, this is something that uh, you know we already have in a number of customers' hands today. Excellent. Well, you know, Mike, it's so important to keep the ball moving forward. Every every single advance is a, really a combination of lots of little advances, and these next generation devices rely on this. And your low power tech is going to be a really enabling. Uh, force there. I mean, uh, one of the things I recently uh, put in our April uh, issue, I, I actually had a column on, you know, what's more important, supply or demand? Is it the battery size or is it how long the device can run? And I, I, I predict one day that the devices will get to the point where they'll either run off of harvested energy or their ability to recharge from ambient sources will be satisfactory to the point that they'll be like, um, you know, a, a self-winding watch. As long as they're moving or they're in use, they'll be powered. So, I, you know, we may even wind up taking that term automatic from watches just like we took complicated and just call devices automatic that are um, harvesting energy and storing energy and using energy to, be, to completely free themselves from the wall plug. Absolutely right. You know, and I think... The critical need for that, of course, is uh, you need uh, incredibly low-power electronics. Uh, you know, the, the, the underlying system has to be uh, incredibly low-power in order to help uh, uh, marry up to, you know, a, a harvested source. Um, and energy harvesting has actually gotten a lot better. I mean, if you, if you look at the, at the uh, trend over the last couple of years, the efficiencies that are being generated, um, you know, in, in all forms of, of harvested energy, you know, be it solar, uh, be it piezo, uh, be it uh, thermal, be it RF, um, you know they have made some dramatic improvements over the past couple of years, and we can certainly expect to see even further improvements uh, as as you move forward in time. So you know really what's happening is you can see uh, you know emerging of the curves. You're seeing the ability of the harvested sources to um, provide more um, power is increasing, and at the same time. Uh, through approaches like you know, what we've done here with, uh, with the Ambic microcontroller, we're also seeing the, the power demands of the electronics go down. Uh, and at some point, those paths cross, and it really becomes a feasible thing to perhaps uh, you know, uh, not just reduce the size of the batteries, but perhaps even eliminate the batteries over time. You know? and, and there's a lot of other interesting things. Or switch that, to that super caps. Absolutely, yeah, switch to super caps. That's yet another option um, you know, that's available. And uh, you know, so I think... Um, you know, there's a lot of possibilities, and I think that's really the way we kind of view this is, you know, if we can continue to be the uh, thought leaders in energy um, and, and literally create a new Moore's Law for energy, you know, you know, we've always talked about Moore's Law in terms of performance, you know, let's try to double performance every two years. Well, you know, we like to think of ourselves as, you know, um, sort of, uh, you know, coming up with a new definition of Moore's Law for energy. Um, and what we want to do is mm-hmm. we, want to cut, we want to cut power in half every two years. Um, and if we can stay on that treadmill, we're going to open up a whole range of possibilities, uh, not just longer battery of life, not just smaller batteries, um, but, you know, things like energy harvested sources um, become a reality. Um, you know, so we actually give uh, a tremendous amount of thought to how we can achieve these kinds of things. Um, and actually goes even architecturally. Uh, you know, one of the other things I, I, I could mention is, you know, it's not just about the, the low performance, or I'm sorry, the low power in active mode and low power in sleep mode. You know, one of the other unique things that we've done with this uh, microcontroller 
is we've put in place a a high-performance ARM Cortex-M4 core, a floating point unit, Mm -hmm. which which is which is uh, kind of uh, atypical from, from, from what you've seen in other, quote-unquote, low-power microcontroller vendors. And, and there's a key reason for this. Uh, the reason why, you know, um, uh, other companies utilize M0 approaches is because, um, you know, ARM has created this model um, that says the M0 Plus is your low-power solution, your M3 is your mainstream, your M4 is your high-performance solution. Well, if... We look at it from a sub-threshold perspective um, and applying sub-threshold operation. The, the delta between using an M0 Plus and an M4 for us is, is negligible. There's, there's really not much more energy savings to be had by going to an M0 Plus versus the M4 that we chose to use. But even more importantly, if we think of the types of applications that we're talking about here, the wearables, the IoT, uh, there's a lot of sensing that's going on. There's a lot of uh, desire also to have those sensors on all the time and there's also increasingly a desire to add even more sensors to these applications, right? So what all this means is right. a lot of algorithms. There's a lot of algorithms and math that's going on um, in order to help uh, take all this information up, combine them together, fuse them into a sensor hub type of implementation, and then real, provide real context to that information. Um, and, and having an M4F floating point unit um, to help m- much more efficiently um, manage all the math and, and, and perform all those calculations in a much shorter time frame than an M0 Plus would ever be able to achieve. That, in turn, allows for a much lower energy profile um, because we can basically uh, you know, perform operations much more quickly, which allows us to put the device into sleep much more quickly, which, again, reduces the overall system-level profile um, from an energy perspective. So, you know, we've actually thought through this problem extensively to really figure out how can we extract energy out of the system and then reduce power out of the system. And part of it is through active mode improvements and, and sleep mode improvements through the subthreshold technology. But part of this is just through architectural thinking. Um, and, and the inclusion of an M4 core, uh, for example, is yet another example of that. Got it, got it. Well, Mike. I would love to keep talking about this, uh, but unfortunately, this is a podcast, and we do have time constraints. But one thing I always do before I let my guest go is I give them the last word on my show. So it could be a little more about the uh, Ambic product, or it could be about uh, the market, or just a tip for our audience. But the floor is yours. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll close with just you know clearly the vision. I mean, our vision is to try to uh, be the thought leaders in in low energy. Um, you know, and we've uh, demonstrated that uh, already with a, a real-time clock product that we introduced a couple of years ago. Uh, we've now most recently um, have demonstrated that with this new innovative uh, low-power uh, Apollo microcontroller device um, that, again, is uh, an order of magnitude better um, than other solutions. Um, so what you're going to continue to see from Ambic uh, is a continuing focus on, on you know, power, power consumption, um, and not just at a hardware level, but at a system level. I mean, you know, we want to really drive home the point that it is going to be possible to achieve some of the aspirations of many of these products, um, and uh, we do want to um, help uh, be leaders in this in this effort and this movement, um, and we'll continue to do so through you know the utilize, utilization of the very innovative subthreshold technology to develop very compelling uh, low power products. 
Excellent. Well, hey, Mike, thank you so much. And as I said before, I really appreciate companies like Ambic creating these new products to help move the ball forward so that we can put those newer systems into these new devices. So thank you so much for coming on uh, the show and uh, letting our audience know and talking about this for us. And like I said, we will bring you back downstream because it is certainly a moving target. I appreciate it, Alex. Thank you very much for the time as well. Oh, pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul on Power. Have a great day.